Welcome back to Inspired by Interfaith Voices. I'm Breen Khan is away this week. I'm Kimberly Winston. We're talking about the spiritual power of elders, a growing resource as our life expectancy expands. My next guest is Dr. Connie Zweig. Dr. Zweig is a retired therapist who is now in her 70s. She is the author of multiple books on spiritual wellness, including The Inner Work of Age, Shifting from Role to Soul. I reached her at her home in Los Angeles and asked why she thinks spirituality, however it may be defined by an individual, is crucial for a fulfilling old age. So it seems to me that with these added years to our lifespan, we have added potential for development. So whether it's emotional development, creativity, or spiritual development, we now have all this time that past generations didn't have. For some people, that's going to mean a spiritual orientation. But for people of faith or spirituality, it's going to mean that they have these bonus years to explore that. So for some people, that's going to mean exploring contemplative practices. So if they're Christian or Jewish, Hindu or Buddhist or Muslim, they may go to their denomination and look for experiential ways to explore what they've learned in their belief systems. So they may begin to explore the mystical or more unconventional streams of their denomination, looking for practices, meditations, prayers, chanting, all kinds of practices. And, you know, the context for this is mortality. So once we can get through denial of death, which is epidemic in our culture, and really acknowledge that we're facing our mortality as older adults, whether we're 60, 70, 80, or 90, then the context for doing spiritual practice and cultivating spiritual belief is around our mortality. And that's a big shift from spirituality in earlier stages of life. You know, I started meditating at age 19. It was not about mortality. It was not about preparation for life completion or for death. And so this adds an urgency to our spirituality now. It adds a kind of urgency when you really can internalize the reality that you're not immortal and you're not going to be here forever. Regardless of beliefs, this body, my conniness, is not going to be here forever. And that changes the flavor of my spirituality, of my seeking, of my practices. So I explore this in the inner work of age, shifting from role to soul. And that phrase, which I borrowed from the teacher Ram Das, refers to the shift in identity from what we do in midlife to who we really are, to the spiritual orientation in later life that leads us to deepen our identity into whatever we call it, essence, or God, or divinity, or spirit, or Christ nature, or Buddha nature, whatever we call it, it's a shift in identity from what we do, from our roles, 
to who we really are. And to me, that's the spiritual task of later life. It's funny, we tend to think of that as being part of the task of our youth, you know, find out who you are, you find out who you are in your 20s, you find out who you are in your 30s. What is the benefit of doing that when you are an older adult? So in your 20s and 30s, identity is not, for most people, about their spiritual nature. It's about their calling, their vocation, or it's about their survival, finding a job, starting a family, what they want to do, what they want to contribute. It's not so spiritually oriented. But for most people, that doesn't happen until later, when they're no longer focused on survival needs. And they're able to be more self-reflective, maybe return to psychotherapy and heal old wounds, maybe give and receive forgiveness in relationships. This is what I call life repair. So I write in the book about how to do a life review and how to do life repair and really take stock of the life you've lived and understand it more deeply, and understand the wounding, the traumas, the gifts, and then begin to find practices that allow you to move toward life completion without regret. And that in itself is a spiritual practice. Gratitude is a spiritual practice. Most kids in their 20s and 30s are not practicing gratitude. So these, for me, are really about the stage of life as we go through the lifespan. You used a word that I want to return to. You said that when we reach the elder stage of life, that we bring urgency to our spirituality. And when you you said the word urgency, the stakes are so high when you get to the last stage of life. You, you have given up the role of parent, you've given up the role of worker, and now you've got to figure out what you are. That urgency, can it be a tool to getting to the next level of spirituality that would then enrich the new longevity? So I don't know if urgency is the right word for everyone, but there is a sense of time is fleeting. And I don't have the luxury that young people have of feeling like they're going to live forever. And I no longer feel like my ego is in charge the way that it was at midlife. And I was always trying to control outcomes. And I'd publish a book and I'd be really striving to do well, to be a success. I don't feel that as an elder now. I'm in a kind of flow giving the psychological and spiritual knowledge that I've gained, giving it when the opportunity arises. So it isn't an urgency that's anxious for me, but it's a need for an acute awareness that time is fleeting, it's passing. And so I ask people, what's the only gift that you can give? And can you do that now? You know, don't wait until you're ill or frail. Can you give that gift now? For some people, it's grandparenting. For some people, it's engaging with the climate crisis. So 
there are elders engaging in all of these ways and giving our the resources that we've gathered over a lifetime. I love this. This is a way of thinking about what some people might see as a burden or a challenge. You know, how am I going to live? I'm living longer. I have to retire at 65 or 70. And what I'm hearing you say is, what an incredible gift. Yeah, and it's full of possibilities. And they're very individual. It's not the same for everyone. For some people, it's about their faith, and they want to become more engaged in their faith community. And for other people, it's not about that. You know, it's about secular contributions. I hear you saying that there needs to be a shift away from thinking of this, you know, your retirement years is now it's me time. And it's more about giving back by being in touch with your inner soul. I'm not against the downtime that people need with retirement. I'm just suggesting it's not all there is. You know, not everybody hears the call to become an activist like Jane Fonda in her 80s. But there are more and more people now who are highly active and engaged in different ways. Maybe they're engaged in the arts or music. It's not one size fits all, but I'm here to give voice to the possibilities of inner work, of contemplation, of self-reflection, and then taking that self-knowledge and moving out into the world with it and engaging in some way. But allow yourself to really consider that rather than the old narrative about aging, which we call the decline narrative, which is, you know, People after 65 or after retirement are just going to get old and get sick and die. The new longevity is telling us that people are doing amazing things at this stage of life now. And if you do this, if you take this time for reflection and realization, connect the dots for me between that and a healthy spirituality in later life. So I think it depends on whether our needs are about belonging and we want a community or whether our needs are more private and internal and they're about a practice. But what I'm suggesting is take the time to reevaluate that. You know, if you've been doing TM, for example, since you were 25, is it getting you what you need or contemplative prayer? or your Christian church, or your Jewish synagogue? Are you getting what you need? Or do you have an intuition that there's something more, that there's something deeper calling you that you really want to explore, that you've never had the time to explore before that? And so I'm just suggesting that all these opportunities await with this longevity. I wrote the book to guide people to those possibilities because everybody tells me they don't know what to do. They don't know. They're, they're, they're lost. And there are things we can do online if you don't want to go out. There are things we can do just in your local neighborhood. 
There are spiritual centers in your local neighborhood that you may have never checked out before. There are books about everything, right? You can find books about all faith traditions. And most of the practices that used to be secret or esoteric are now available to everyone. So you can also find experiential practices and begin to play and see what feels good to you. My guest has been Dr. Connie Zweig, author of The Inner Work of Age, Shifting from Role to Soul. That's all for this week's show. If you're interested in finding out more about our guests, Carolina Nieto, Lindsay Farrell, and Dr. Connie Zweig, head over to this episode's page on our website at www.interfaithradio.org. While you are there, you can also learn about us, read the show notes, sign up for our newsletter, and explore the archives. You can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or by searching Interfaith Voices in the podcatcher of your choice. And while you're there, you can help us out by leaving a rating and a review. It helps others find us. This week's episode was produced by me, Kimberly Winston, Kevin McCarthy, Raina Kulabali, and Umbreen Khan. Thanks to our founder, Maureen Fiedler, for her vision, and Blue Dot Sessions for our theme music. Additional music is by Audio Binger. Inspired is a production of Interfaith Voices. We rely on the generous support of our listeners to bring you this show.